Take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and of course we have not taught through the book of Romans, uh, verse by verse or chapter by chapter. We're not going to. I, I really believe Romans needs taught topic by topic, and you've begun to see why. Tonight we're going to look at a familiar passage, and I'm going to take it and elevate it and help you see a few things. I think it's going to be a blessing to you. Tonight's Bible study is probably going to last two or three weeks, so not <laughs> progressively, but uh, it's going to cover two or three weeks at least. Uh, uh, you'll see why here in a, in a little while, but uh, don't worry, you will get to go home. Uh, Proverbs, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, look at verse number one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, notice these next words here. And be not what? Conformed. conformed. Underline that word or circle it. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye, what's the next word? Transformed, transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, keep your Bibles open. We're going to use them. God makes it very clear in the Bible that there is to be a difference between the life of a Christian and the life of a lost person. We would use the term the world, the flesh, uh, whatever term you would like to use. Uh, Not only does the Christian have a new father, (laughs) because when we're lost, we're of our father, the devil. So we get a new father, but also that means we have a new family. And we're to adopt into this new family and adapt into the new family. We're not supposed to change them to be like us. We're to change to be like what God wants. But we also get a new spirit. We get a new nature. Here's the problem. We don't lose our old nature. Just because you get saved doesn't mean you lost your desire to sin. You don't lose that old nature. It sure would be a whole lot easier if we did, but that's what heaven's all about. So this is the problem of living the Christian life. You have this new nature battling against the old nature. You have the spirit battling against the flesh. Now, when a person gets saved, the Holy Spirit of God moves in. It's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this statement. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit takes control. He only controls that which we give him control of. Just because he moves in doesn't mean he has control. Now, he is the one that rebirths our spirit. But he lives inside of us. Some will say, well, when you get saved, Jesus comes into your heart. 
Biblically, that's not correct. Now, I'm not going to fight somebody over it, but I will tell you this. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one who moves in. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, not the temple of Jesus. And so it is Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father. It is the Holy Spirit who moves into our body and our life. Now, here, uh, here's the problem. He moves in, but we still have an old nature. And there's that battle. Uh, by the way, we're also living in a world full of other sinners who at any one point in time aren't living spiritually. So it makes life that much more difficult. Now, listen to this statement. I've said it many times. I'm going to say it many, many more times. God never gives us a command without giving us the ability to obey that command. God never gives a command without giving us the wherewithal or the ability to obey that command. God would not be just if he asked us to do something we could not do. Uh, that would be like... Uh, Brother Barnes expecting Wyatt to pick up a 150-pound log. Now, he might be able to move it or roll it, but he couldn't pick it up. You don't give commands to someone who cannot fulfill the command. God is not going to give us something to do without giving us the ability to follow through with it. Now, he never tells us to do something we cannot do. God never tells us to stumble around and try to figure out how to do it. <laughs> oh, how will I know the will of God? Well, you'll just stumble into it. What kind of leader does that? You think I'm going to ask Brother Anthony to come here and work for us and for him to figure it out, just, just stumble around till you figure out what I want? Well, if I, as a sinful human know how to lead another human, don't you think a perfect God who made us knows how to lead us better than we lead each other? You don't just stumble around to find God's will. Well, I'm going to pray about it till I find God's will. 99% of God's will is right there. If you'll just do what that book says right there, the 1% you don't know, the Holy Spirit will guide you in. These... <laughs> Preacher boys, I'm going to graduate from college and wait for God to open doors. That's why they sit in college for 20 years after they graduate and don't do squat. Get out there. I'd rather be doing right in the wrong place than wrong in the right place. I think God would forgive me if I was supposed to be in Seattle, Washington preaching tonight, but I'm here in Kearneysville, West Virginia preaching tonight. I'm doing what God said I should do. The where is not the issue at the moment. Does that make sense to everybody? I think God's more pleased with somebody doing something than somebody sitting there waiting for the perfect opportunity. Okay, I blew that off my chest. Here we go. Uh, God never leads by feelings or emotions. He only leads by truth and principle. 
from the word of God. Well, I felt a tingle, preacher. You can have all kinds of feelings. It doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. You get cold enough, you're going to tingle. You get shocked, you're going to tingle. Amen? Uh, it, it doesn't. You get bit by a mouse on your toe. Amen, Brother Harry? You're going to tingle. <laughs> now, wait a minute. The, we, we think that, well, because I felt something, that must be the Holy Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit moves by truth and obedience to truth and principle. Not by feelings. Well, preacher, I just feel this. I'm glad you feel that way, but you can do it without a feeling too. Amen. <laughs> I've led people to the Lord, stood there at the doorway with them, big old crocodile tears coming down their face, bawling like a baby. You say, that person got it. I've been at a door leading the man to the Lord. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, I'll do it. The one that cried never shows up to church. The guy said, yep. Yep, yep, seen him come to church, get baptized, have his life changed. One had emotion, one didn't have any emotion. The emotion didn't get them saved. Nor does emotion let you know the Holy Spirit is there either. I can get some Southern Gospel group up here singing a song, make you sway and clap your hands and pound your foot, and you can have good old time, have all kinds of feelings, but it doesn't mean it's spiritual. They could even sing wrong doctrine and you could enjoy it. Ouch. God tells us in Romans chapter 12, look at verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God does not just give us a command, but he also tells us how to do these two things. You see, God says, I don't want you conformed to the world. I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not just transformed, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now watch this. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now I want you to notice something. <laughs> I can tell you what the will of God is for every person in this room. I know that sounds pretty arrogant, doesn't it? God is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. In other words, God's will for our life is to get the gospel out to every creature. That is the will of God for every person. Now, not every person's been called to preach. I get that. God says, few are called, many are chosen. How about that? So, tonight, I want to begin looking at this truth. I call it transformed and not conformed. Transformed and not conformed. First of all, God says, be not conformed to this world. What in the world does conform mean? Let me read it to you. To comply with rules, standards, or laws. To be similar in type or form. To be in agreement with. 
God says he doesn't want us to be in agreement with the lost world. He doesn't want us to look like and live like the lost world. He wants there to be a difference. The church and the Christian is not supposed to look like the child of the devil. A child of God should look differently than a child of the devil, don't you think? So if God wants us to be different, that means we should not be conformed to the worldly ways. I'm going to get into this in a minute. We're to be different from the world in every area of our life. We would use the word separate. Turn to first, uh, Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse number 14. But, or I'm sorry, be ye not unequally yoked together with who? Okay, hang on here. Y'all are fading on me here. With what? Unbelievers. Unbelievers. That's lost people, right? For what fellowship? hath the righteousness with the unrighteousness. And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial or Belial? That word Belial means the devil. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God, that's your body, with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, That sounds like we're not being conformed to the world, correct? God says the devil and Jesus will not dwell together in unity. Light and dark don't dwell together. As soon as light comes, darkness is chased away. They don't dwell together. Uh, That means righteousness should not dwell then with unrighteousness. As I taught in my Sunday school class last week, that's why Christians should not date lost people. I think it's dangerous for our our children to fellowship with lost people. Because they're going to create an appetite with lost people, and that's where the problem comes. I'm not saying that they're stuck up or anything like that, but they shouldn't spend the majority of their time with people that don't believe the right way. Boy, that's good stuff. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. It's almost all the way back to the book of Revelation. 1 John chapter 2. Look at verse number 15. Now I'm going to have you follow along and I might have you read some words. So get ready to say it out loud, all right? 1 John chapter 2, look at verse number 15. Love not the what? world neither the things that are in the world. if any man love the world. the love of the father is not in him for all that is in this what world. 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the what? Hmm. And the world passeth away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Hmm. God says we're not supposed to love the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Including that. Too many people love that. You got to have. Oh, I don't have to have the money, but I got to have the things that money buys. So I go so far in debt that I got to stay out of church to work. I got to have everybody in the household work just to pay the bills so that I can buy more things that I want. Have you noticed gas prices are going back up? Mortgages are going up. Cost of, <laughs> there's going to be less and less loans given out. Interest rates on credit cards are going sky high. And it's only going to get worse. Bidenomics is working, by the way. <sighs> now, wait a minute. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You see, God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Our problem is we're looking at the things. You can't seek the kingdom of God unless you seek the king. We're looking at the things instead of the king. I'm not worried about the things. Let's worry about the kingdom and let God take care of the things. So because of a spiritual birth and the adoption, we have a new father. We now have God instead of the devil. Now, listen to this very carefully. Go back to uh, Romans chapter 12. We'll get there in just a second here. But listen to me while you turn. <laughs> Did you know God doesn't want you to remain a child your whole life? He wants you to grow up. And I'm, I'm going to use a statement here, and I don't mean this in any way disrespectful to anyone. But if a child does not mature, we say there's something wrong. If a child is born and by the time they hit 10 or 12 years old, they're still acting like a baby. And I mean not going to mature. There's something wrong with them. It doesn't mean that they're less of a person, by the way. And we ought not treat them less than a person. But what I'm saying is we all know there's something wrong. I've met people in their 40s and 50s, and uh, they used to use the word, the word mentally retarded. I know that's not a, but it's a, it's a, it's a good word. It's made, been made to be a negative word. It's a musical term. The word retard means to slow. They're just a little slow. They have areas where they excel. It doesn't mean that they're less of a person, but they're slower than the average person may be. I'm more that way the older I get. Uh, but, uh, Brother Scott, at my slowest, I'm still faster than you. <laughs> now, I want you to understand something. God wants us to grow up and mature, not stay conformed to the world. So he says, I want you to be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. Now watch this. Why? <laughs> because you're not, you're not related to your old family anymore. You're not welcome in your old family anymore. Your old dad doesn't want you anymore because you got a new dad. Now, listen to this statement. I'm going to make about five statements. I'm going to show you a verse, and then I'm going to hit the second part of the lesson tonight. Christians and churches are not to be conformed to the world. We're not to copy the world. I get sick up to here of the modern churches. We're not supposed to have a rock concert and be like the world. We're not supposed to use the devil's music with God's words and call it church. See, the method is as important as the message. Because the more like the world that it is, the less like God that it is. God said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Everybody doing okay? That means our music. Oh, you got church music, thank God. You know, nobody ever comes here and wonders what kind of music we have. They don't have to wonder. And nowadays they got these songs, I call it the songs that never end, and they all have the same, and you just do this, and you do this, and you do this, and read the words, and it's all like this, and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, never ends, and they're all the same. (sighs) Makes me want to vomit. We're not to drop our standards to look like the world to reach the world. Again, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but we're not supposed to put a swimming pool out at church to get a bunch of teenagers to come to church on Wednesday night and call it church while they're swimming in their bathing suits. There's, there's churches in this, <laughs> within five miles of where I'm standing right now doing that right now. <laughs> we're not supposed to cater to the alphabet soup crowd and hang the, the rainbow flag upside down out at the, out at the curb. I'm I'm for those people getting saved, but (laughs) we're not going to cater to them. Anybody ever visits our church always laughs at the signs on the bathrooms. They don't doubt where we stand. And the ones that don't want to live that way don't stick around very long. You say, preacher, you might offend somebody. Good. Truth is supposed to be offensive. God says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If you get offended at God's law, tough toenails. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now look at me. Some will say, well, that means God knows who's going to get saved and who doesn't. That's a bunch of garbage. The word predestined means predetermined. In other words, those who would get saved, he predetermined that we would be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, when we get saved, 
Jesus' righteousness is placed on our account and we take on the form of Jesus in our righteousness by salvation. Not because God chose who is going to get it and who's not. Now, everybody doing okay? So the word conform, go back to Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. Oh, I've got to hurry. Whew. Okay, we really have to hurry. I'm going to run through this. And be not conformed to this world. Now look at me. Anything that is like the world, we should not be conformed to then, right? Now watch this. But God wants us to be transformed. The word, uh, well, uh, let me say it this way. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Circle the word mind there. Listen to the Bible logic here. Being conformed to the world is a mindset. Because to be transformed is also a mindset. It is how we think. What I think about is that which I do. I know people who can think about getting sick and they'll be sick in just a matter of an hour. I know people who can't give up thinking on something and they never get over anything because they always go back to thinking about the same thing that made them upset. Am I doing okay? If I didn't hit you yet, it's coming. <laughs> what was that? Got it mowed down already? Okay. Now, so being conformed, okay, the world says, let's grieve and 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 grieve. You'll never get over it. You just have lesser forms of it. That's not what God said. God said when you add grieving to sorrow, you're, you're judging, you're adding judgment to your life. You can sorrow, you can mourn without grieving. Um, last week we had our grandson here. I don't know how many times, we went over to dad's house several times, and I don't know how many times I thought, boy, if my mom was here, she would be in her glory. Now, I missed my mom, but I didn't grieve. <laughs> She's got five of my grandbabies up there now she's taking care of. Little stinker. Now, little me was sad, but I didn't sit there and get despondent over it. Why? I didn't say I didn't get sorrowful. But I didn't grieve over it. I didn't spend time on it because then I started thinking of the ones that's there that she's taken care of. So conforming to the world is a mindset. To get out of that mindset, we have to be transformed and renew our mind for God to do it. Now, the word transform. I'm not talking about a robot creature that goes from a robot to a car or a plane or something like that but that is the right word just so you know the word transform in the greek is the word metamorpho where we get the word metamorphosis when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly the word transform means a complete change of character or condition 
to change from one form into another. Just like a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, God says we're to not conform to the world and we're to be transformed, changed from the ugly worm to the beautiful butterfly. You see, when a person gets saved, God wants to, wants to have a, their life transformed. But not everybody does. And people only do so much. As a Christian, I'm not to be headed into the world or into worldly thinking. I'm to let God and the Bible and the Holy Spirit transform my thinking out of the world into a spiritual vein of life. Does that make sense to everybody? People come to me and say, Preacher, you make it sound so easy. It's not hard. (laughs) Quit thinking like lost people. Think like God. Everything's okay. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look at verse number 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works." Want to know why I get so upset at bad doctrine? You'll hear me. The Pope is not the vicar of heaven. He is the vicar of hell. Because of his doctrine. He's like the devil transformed into an angel of light when he himself is evil. Everybody doing okay? I don't think you'll say that. Don't say it. I will. Doesn't bother me. Just because someone says they're, they're a reverend doesn't mean they're right. Even if their name says the right reverend. Anyway, uh, Grace Baptist Church and our influences need to be different than the world. I'm very careful who I allow to influence this church. I have friends I would not bring here to preach. Preacher, why? They wouldn't influence you the right way. But they're allowing me to influence them to bring them our direction. And when they get close enough to our direction and they're giving up their old direction, you may get to meet them. Does that make sense to everybody? Boy, that's good stuff. We need to be cautious of the devil trying to trick us. That's why I say be careful who you listen to on the radio. Be careful what preaching you listen to. Be careful what books you read. That's why I say when somebody changes doctrine in their ministry, I throw everything out because I don't know at what point they changed. What led them to the change? Well, we know they changed here. Yeah, but people don't just change at the flip of a switch. It's a process. Number three, I've got to hurry. I want to stay there for a while, but I'm not. We transform 
by the renewing of our mind. Not only does God want us to be transformed, but he tells us how to transform. And we transform by the renewing of our mind. For some of you, that would be a new thing, just to have a mind. Someone says, my mind wanders. Well, it's too weak to go very far, so don't worry. (laughs) And for some of you, it needs a walker to help get it moving at all. Wait a minute. God says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, that means this. We Christians need to give up on this mentality that, well, just because I learned this, I know everything. What does the word renew mean? The word renew means to renovate, to make like new, to repair, to restore to good condition. There are people sitting under the sound of my voice For years and years and years of your life, you did drugs, you drank alcohol, you ran with the wrong crowd, you partied, you did all those things. And once you got saved, God had to change your mind. Some people, listen to me, some people think just because their mind was changed a little that it's done changing. Shoot, a woman changes it every time she thinks. I'm teasing. (laughs) Every other time. (laughs) If you had a wood floor that you wanted to renew or renovate, you would get the sander out and take the, the, the stain and the polish off and the scratches out and take it down and then you would refinish it. God says that is renewing. And some of us need the sander a little longer than others. And just because you sanded one spot doesn't mean you got all the corners. It takes a lot of work. Now, this means for us not to be conformed to the world, we have to think differently than the world thinks. Please listen to the next statement very carefully. Religion is filled with worldly thinking. To make men satisfied that he tried to please God. But he's trying to please God with his flesh and with his emotions the way the world would do. And he's not doing it God's way. That's why I say religion is different than Christianity. Religion is man telling God how God must accept what man does. Well, God, I got baptized. God, I joined a church. I bought candles and lit them and paid for them so my ancestors could get out of hell faster or purgatory or something else. I bought rosary beads and I prayed the rosary. I went to confession and told the guy in the telephone booth some things and I did all these things and God, I've done everything that I know to, yeah, but you did not do what God said. And religion is filled with worldly thinking. It is not spiritual thinking. It is not biblical thinking. And you have angels of the devil who have transformed 
transform themselves into angels of light thinking they are ministers of good. I didn't say it, God did. You read it. Christians need a good mind change. Let me remind you of a truth. God does not command you to do something. He does not give you the wherewithal to obey. God does not command you to do anything without the ability to obey. So, listen to this very carefully. We're going to wind it up for tonight. Soon. Our sinful, proud, arrogant, self-wants cause us to think we're God and we know spiritual things. We need to let the Bible and the Holy Spirit change our thinking. We're not to let feelings control our thinking. We're not to let emotion control our thinking. We're not to let our likes and our dislikes control our thinking. It's not how we see it. It's how did God say it. (laughs) I hate to tell you something, but uh, my glasses broke last week. Without them, I don't see right. I could just say I don't see. Everything's fuzzy. You couldn't hold my Bible far enough away for me to see it. (laughs) So how I used to see it doesn't mean I see it the same way. I have to have some help. Well, I hear people all the time say, well, I'm not going to get glasses. That means you're, you're just making your eyes weaker. Well, you can be an idiot too in other areas too. I can see with them. I can't see without them. You choose. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse number 5. I'm going to show you what God says. Don't get mad at me. I'm just the mailman reading you the mail. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse number 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let This what mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now look at me. What mind was in Christ? The word of God. And God said, let this mind be in you. It was also in Christ Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God and the word was made flesh ah so the mind of Christ is the Bible go to Philippians chapter 4 look at verse number 8 he even tells us upon which topics we're to think Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Finally, my brethren, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, huh, guess that's not Hollywood or sci-fi. Whatsoever things are honest, hmm, that gets rid of a lot of things. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, 
Whatsoever things are of good report, that doesn't mean the news. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Can I tell you why most of you talk yourself into depression? Because you're thinking on the wrong things. Cancel your pity party. Think on the things God says think about. I must hurry. So, go back to Romans 12. I'll finish in a matter of two minutes. From Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, what's the next part say? Not to think. Oh, wait a minute. So God's going to tell us then how to think. Correct? From Romans chapter 12, verse number 3, all the way through the end of Romans chapter 13, he tells us how to transform our mind. And upon that which we should think and how we should think. And over the next several weeks, we're going to look at these things section by section and show you how to think biblically. It's very simple. Again, to think biblically by principle, to think by not letting emotions or feelings control us, to think and not let decisions uh, <laughs> based on truth bother us. Do you know I don't care who I offend by preaching truth? I really don't. Say, well, I just love these, I love a lot of people that get offended at truth. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at how we can transform our thinking according to the word of God. It gets into politics. It gets into government. It gets into finances. It gets into morality. It gets into all relationships. It goes through everything categorically right through those chapters. And it'll be wonderful, I promise you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. i got to crash land the plane. I'm going to ask you two questions. How conformed to the world are you? How conformed to the world is your thinking? Are you willing to transform your mind to be more like what he wants?